Welcome to the Audacious Generosity Podcast. Here we celebrate giving without the pressure to give. Audacious Generosity is where God is the giver and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Now, here's your host, Kevin White. Good morning. This is Kevin White. Welcome to Audacious Generosity Show. It is Tuesday, February the 2nd, 2021. I want to continue to wish everyone a happy new year. I am grateful for you to be in the audience along with us. I know that we have listeners from the U.S. and India and Thailand and around the world, and it really means a lot. It's humbling to know that you are listening to the show. And we have got a great episode for you today. I am with my friend Hunter from Birmingham, Alabama. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. And you are with your friend, David, is also on the line. Yep. Yeah, and we're going to hear David's story in just a minute. But just to set the stage, you've been in town with me, and we went to a men's fellowship group on Wednesday night, and you shared a very unbelievable story. And it was about David. It's a miracle that I got to hear that story, but it's also a miracle that David's on the call as well. David, welcome to the call. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for being willing to listen and hear the story. I uh, just want to exalt God in the whole thing. So I know Hunter speaks of you as a mentor in his life and how he would go out to pick up things there for the outreach center, the ministry there in Birmingham, and he would get to just tag along with you and how you just spilled out these stories of miracles of God's glory. And uh, he shared a story. We're going to get to that in the show. But I really want to know David. And so, Hunter, he's co-host today. Thank you for being the co-host. Audacious <laughs> generosity. <laughs> Introduce us to David. You and David just talking. I want to hear his backstory, and it'll lead us into this miracle of how he saw God be so kind and plentiful. Yeah. So, like you said, David and I worked at the same ministry in Birmingham for, I think, I worked there for two years. I think David worked there for three years. And so we just had these awesome opportunities to ride in the truck and go pick up donations um, for Sozo together. And it was just time for me to really see who Christ was through David. And I think that, I mean, David and I have kind of talked about this, but that's the time when I really got to uh, know what a like a man of Christ is because I don't come from a believing father. I look to him as a father Praise figure God. and a mentor. So hearing those stories was kind of breathtaking in moments, especially the one I shared with you that he's going to share later. But David's just a great guy. It sounds like discipleship in action. You know, we put discipleship into a book, into a program, into a box, but discipleship is is just walking life side mm-hmm. by side and ingrading the truth of God's word into it. I already admire David. I've never met him, but I admire him that he discipled you along the way, along life's journey like that. Hunter, bring David's backstory to life now. All right, David. Um, why don't you talk about the just getting to seminary and going through that process of discerning whether you should go or not? Well, uh, my wife and I had been involved in working uh, careers of 10 years and eight years, uh, both in the television industry. Uh, we were, I was doing cable TV as a design engineer, and she was an accountant with the public television here in Alabama. And then just knew that God had called us to lay those down and move to Fort Worth to go to seminary. So we uh, did just that. We up, left, three kids in tow, um, just on faith. 
we really didn't even know where we were going to be living. We didn't know uh, what kind of jobs we might be able to find. We just knew that God was calling us, and so we went. And mm. that uh, took a lot of faith, just trusting that God was going to open the doors and make a way for us. And then would you just share what you did when you got down to seminary, what your job was and what her job was? Well, actually, we didn't have jobs for a little while. We were uh, fortunate enough that we had a little bit of income saved away. And so we were able to live off of that for the first three months of being in seminary. Again, without jobs, uh, the seminary did put us in a house, and we were able to take care of the necessary things along the way. But then uh, it got to that point where we really were running out of finances that we had in the bank. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were needing God to show up. I've been there many times. You're reminding me of my college years as well. And I'm sure every seminary student listening to the show and hopefully others can apply it to their lives. Just this principle that where God guides, he provides the action of faith that is required because what David is testifying to is having a call of God on his life into seminary. And he had to take steps of being Uh, obedient to the Lord without seeing how every bill was going to be paid. And uh, sometimes we can miss experiences with God because we force God to do it our ways instead of surrendering to his ways. Sometimes we have to be obedient to a place of even risking that we're going to go hungry because we were obedient to the Lord. And hunters met pastors in India that live like that every single day. And I have as well. And that is, that is the path of Christ. It is just a reality that if we're going to follow Christ, we're going to have to take risk and, and know, step out in faith and know that somebody greater than us is keeping us secure. And if we take those steps thinking that everything rises and falls on my performance and what I can produce, then we'll, we'll really never experience God in the fullest sense that we can. And so David took that step of faith in his wife and, and you, your savings is running out. I can see you like that widow who, who got to the very last part of flour and oil. And she basically said, I will bake and me and my son will eat and we will die. Yeah. And they were that raw with before the Lord of, of this is what, this is what the end's going to look like for us. And God showed her how kind and plentiful was, and you're about to tell us how God showed you. So, Hunter, thank you, yeah. but let's keep hearing his story. Well, that is exactly where we were. Praise uh, God. There was only a few dollars left in the bank account, and there was a can of beans and a little bit of milk in the refrigerator, um, literally, uh, with a whole month of ahead of us that we had no idea of what was going to happen. Because again, we still didn't have jobs yet. And it just so happened, and I'll just tell it from the way the the lady told me, she was at the grocery store. And as she got her buggy and started down the aisle, she just really sensed that God was telling her to 
take another buggy along with her. And mm-hmm. everything that she put in her buggy, she wanted, or God wanted her to put in another buggy. Mm-hmm. And so yes. she went through the store, getting her groceries and adding another grocery cart full. And she went to the checkout counter. She said, I still didn't know really what this was all about. I just knew this is what God wanted me to do. And mm-hmm. so as she did that, <clears throat> she paid, she went on out to her vehicle, loaded it in the trunk of her car. And she said, when I closed the lid of the trunk, I just said, okay, God, what now? Mm-hmm. And she said it was as if God literally, the, the voice of God just spoke to her and said, get in and start driving. Mm-hmm. And so she got in, cranked it up, started out of the parking lot and said, what now? And right turn, left turn, right turn, left turn kind of thing. She was guided by God to mm-hmm. our front porch. <laughs> and Praise she God. said when she pulled up, got out of the vehicle, came to the door, she said she was so unsure of, you know, what this was all about, but she knocked on the door and I happened to be home at that point between classes and opened up the door and she looked at me and said I don't know why I'm really here except for that God has brought me here and I have a trunk full of groceries that I think I'm supposed to give to you. And so, sorry, I still get emotional when I tell tell the story. That's beautiful. (laughs) Because it was so rich and so Mm -hmm. meaningful that God had answered our prayers in such a wonderful way. But we unloaded the groceries into the house and uh, she simply said, this is what God wanted me to do. And we talked a moment, prayed together, and off she was gone. I, she wouldn't tell me her name or anything. Mm. Just that this was what God wanted her to do. We were so richly blessed that uh, we, we had enough for our family, but more than enough. So we also knew that there was another family in our little area that mm-hmm. was pretty much under the same circumstance. So we were taking half of what we got and gave to them. So really she blessed two families, not just one. And that's the kingdom right there. We think we hear a story like this and David and his wife was incredibly blessed and they just ate and ate and ate and ate and had their fill. But the kingdom in that economy, God gives David and his wife more than enough, and they know exactly what to do. And David and his wife are empowered to become generous and to become givers. It was never meant just to be for us. Salvation wasn't meant to be just for us. The groceries that we're bringing in weren't meant just to be for us. The clothes in our closet weren't meant just to be for us and on and on and on. And if we could live like that, we could see God empowering generosity all around us. And then we give it to others and then they divide it and they're generous 
and we just have a a culture of generosity. I long for that in the church. (laughs) I want more Davids. I want more hunters in the church that are just willing to live with such abandonment and a spirit of generosity, because that's God. We'll never know a more cheerful giver than Almighty God, for God so loved that he gave. And I just love this story because here we have two parts. We have David and his wife on their knees before God, trusting that he is the provider. He has guided them into seminary where they do not have adequate income. They're having to spend more than they are receiving. So they get to the end of their barrel and all they can do is pray, God, you brought us here. You know us. We are yours. We are secure. And you. we stand on your word that you will supply our needs. And they're praying. And then there's a, a, a woman, an angel in disguise, that's shopping for her groceries, and she's spirit-filled, and she's just being guided by the Spirit to add two of everything into her cart and to put it in her trunk, and then to turn right, turn left, turn right, turn left. I mean, like, David, you weren't right across the road from the supermarket, right? Oh, no. No, we were miles away. <laughs> Can you hear that? I want our audience to hear that word, miles, or two words, miles away. That's the God we serve, that we are so secure. He knows exactly where we are on planet Earth in any given time. Our coordinates <laughs> is known by our Heavenly Father, and His fridge is full. Yeah. Our Heavenly Father lacks nothing, and He is kind and plentiful. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're being filled with the richest and most generous person in the world. Yep. Hunter, what's your thoughts as you're rehearing this story from David? Makes me happy. I, I still, I think, I never told you this, David, right after you told me that in that truck um, the day, I went home and wrote that down and I like read it every once in a while whenever I'm starting to forget that God is faithful. It's, it, that is probably my favorite story I've ever heard on, mm-hmm. on any topic really. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just because it's, you know, it made you cry. It made me cry yeah. um, when you told me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll ever, I mean, I have experienced God's grace and his ability to provide, but I think that story just talks about the fact that even when you feel like you're in the depths and you feel like there's nothing that can bring you out, he's always there watching you. I see three chapters in this story. Chapter one, David and his wife dependent upon God, praying for his supply. Chapter two, a woman in a supermarket's being led of the spirit to double up on her groceries and then to turn right, turn left and go miles away from the grocery store to David's porch (laughs) to knock on the door and say, you don't know me. I don't even know why I'm here, but there's food in my trunk for you. And it was direct answer to prayer. Chapter three, it was more than enough for David and his wife, and they used it to bless more families. And then chapter four, David, years later, tells his story to Hunter. He writes it down. Chapter five, Hunter goes to a men's fellowship years later in in Durham, North Carolina. He shares that story. And now chapter six, you're on your own uh, Audacious Generosity podcast. And God uses that. That's how we we represent him on earth. That's how his glory is spread across the earth. It's never about us. It's always about him. Yeah. His mission is always Jesus, and his strategy is audacious generosity. Yeah. There's so much that we need to just continuously hit replay over this story and just learn until we can grasp every principle that God has for us in, in this. Mm-hmm. David, what has God taught you from that story? How, how has it changed your life, knowing that God is able to have a stranger 
knock on your door if he needs to in order for you to be fed? Well, I think it's really more about her and how God used her that affected me. I was overjoyed to get the food, but later in sitting there and thinking about it and praying and thanking God, it was her obedience Mm -hmm. that really just struck my heart because she could have blown that off and just said, oh, no, you know, that's that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she listened to the spirit, and the spirit just moved her. And so from that, I really learned to to begin to start listening to the spirit of God in my life, mm. and how God wanted me to move. And just a little example of that with uh, a, another story. <laughs> I was involved in youth ministry, and at the time, and there was a day that I went to a little youth conference and came out of the youth conference. They were talking about the moving in the spirit. And I just was thinking about what I'd heard in the conference. And I was thinking about what had been taking place in our lives, not only with the story I told you, but a couple of others that God had just moved mm-hmm. to the work in the spirit in other people's lives. And so I just, decided I was going to pray and and ask God, what do you want me to do about lunch today? Mm. And so I prayed, where do you want me to go? And as I left, I got that impression of a little place, a little Italian place that had uh, just opened up in town. And so I headed in that direction. When I got there, got out of my car, And as I started walking toward the restaurant, I heard a voice, a familiar voice that said, Brother David, Brother David. And I looked over and there was a young man in our youth group Mm -hmm. standing there. And so I went over, started talking with him. And as I began talking with him, he was relaying his story of how he was there to meet his grandfather because his mom and dad had kicked him out Hmm. and his grandfather was actually taking him to court where they were going to process him and put him in jail for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm. And he, he was like, I don't, I just really don't know what to do. And I'm at wit's end. Mm -hmm. And so I got to talk with him and I got to pray with him. And by the time we parted company was when when his grandfather pulled up. He was so encouraged, and he, he his whole attitude had changed. Mm. And I was like, "God, you you did this, mm-hmm. you know." Mm. And I think if we, I think if we'll really just slow down, mm-hmm. ask God for His direction in our lives, and let the Spirit lead us, mm-hmm. we'll have all kinds of God moments yeah. that will just blow us and others away. I'm really glad that you shared that because the point is generosity is not just about opening up our wallets. Audacious generosity begins long before we it impacts our wallets or our bank accounts. And if oh. we're not if we're not generous in giving freedom to the Holy Spirit, that's really where generosity begins. 
giving giving freedom to the holy spirit to just guide us and sometimes generosity is speaking a word of love sometimes it is given a word of peace wise counsel a, a scripture verse to someone there's all kind of forms of generosity and i'm i'm very grateful that you were there for that young man that day um what david is testifying to what hunter has really talked about being a major impression upon his life is just spirit-filled generosity and i like this verse um, we're going to close out the show with this verse second corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 it says you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for god loves a person who gives cheerfully and the whole point another passage translation says god loves a cheerful giver for the longest time i felt condemned every time i read that verse because I, I knew i was far from cheerful but the whole point the lesson here paul is getting across to the corinthians is really a call to spirit-filled generosity you need to be dealing in your quiet time between you and the holy spirit about your life and how you're going to live it generously and just yielding moment by moment, step by step over to the spirit. And in doing so, you're deciding in advance what you're going to give. You're not, you don't, you shouldn't wait until the offering plates passed on Sunday before you decide if you're going to be generous or not, because that's where reluctance comes from. And that, so the point is, if you're waiting around, you're going to end up in reaction mode, which is just reluctancy, and you're going to feel pressured. Before that happens, be proactive. You and the Spirit can start walking and step together right now that leads you down a path of generosity. Like if you're going to if you're going to live a Spirit-filled life, walking step by step in the Spirit, you're going to become a very generous person because the richest, most generous person in the world lives inside of us. So David, thank you for sharing what a blessing you are to me, and I'm sure our audience will be blessed. Hunter, what a gold mine you brought to us today. Thank you, bro. Told you it was cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very cool. Let the Lord Jesus be glorified in, in these testimonies. Uh, men, thank you, God bless you. Continue to live a life generously blessed for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Audacious Generosity podcast. Join us next week as we open our hands up to God and let Him fill them for the Great Commission. When the red light district in Mumbai, India closed due to COVID-19, it was a true answer to prayer. Unfortunately, the women who were forced into commercial sex work were left abandoned with no means to feed their children. This Valentine's Day, we invite you to share the love of Jesus with vulnerable women by giving them a month of groceries. Your generosity not only blesses the women, but allows the church to make Christ known. $25 provides groceries for a whole month. Give now at globalhopeindia.org grocery. That's globalhopeindia.org grocery. Happy Valentine's Day. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, 
hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today.